0: What's up, Jack? Good morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Greetings and salutations. Hello, Poppy. Hello, there. Hi, ho,
1: neighborinos.
0: You are cleared to land on Ducky Bay 77. A podcast about movies, music, TV, and anything else these guys can think to talk about. Hello and welcome to Docking Bay 77. I am your host, Dayton Johnson, and joining me on this particular evening to discuss a wonderful movie is a friend of the show, Amber Lewis. Hello, Amber. How are you?
1: Hey, Dayton. I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you. Uh, It's nice to have you back. Uh, You were wonderful, of course, on our West Side Story episode. And then our end of the 2021 countdown so I'm glad to have you back to talk about um, a thriller Uh, a thriller, a horror film uh, something kind of turns the genre around a little bit we are going to discuss the 2017 movie written and directed by Jordan Peele the thriller Get Out you got your
1: toothbrush do you have your deodorant do you have your cozy clothes got that what do they know i'm black should they you might wanna you know mom and dad my black boyfriend will be coming up this weekend i just don't want you to be shocked that he's a black man
0: (laughs) i ain't never seen you like this before bruh meeting families taking road trips don't come back all bougie man come back get your damn pants up to your damn stomach (laughs) (laughs)
1: I in front of my daughter.
0: I'm going to quit. She'd take care of that for you. How? Hypnosis. I'm good, actually.
1: Are you ready for
0: this? I'm back in the So look, I go do my research. Apparently, a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this suburb. But it's cool. Bro, how are you not scared of this, man? Couldn't see no brother around here.
1: Chris was just telling me how he felt much more comfortable with my being here. Get out. Sorry, man. Get out! Yo! Rose, we gotta go. Is everything okay?
0: Rose, the keys. Just get the keys. I don't know where they are. Rose!
1: Sink into the floor. Wait, 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 wait. Sink. Mine's a terrible thing
0: to waste. Terrible thing to waste.
1: There's too many white people I get nervous.
0: Okay, so um, I've asked Amber to give give us a little bit of history on Jordan Peele. So Amber, what have you got for us?
1: Well, um, just very briefly, um, he sort of came onto the scene in 2003 um, as a member of Mad TV.
0: Right, okay. uh,
1: Which was not a show I ever watched. I didn't really find out about him until um, 2012 when he created Key and Peele uh, with Keegan Michael Key. Right. which is just a hugely popular sketch comedy uh, show that I just thought was brilliant and hysterical. Um, and then out of nowhere, 2017, he shows up with this horror movie. Right. Um, and what I thought was interesting, two things I thought was interesting when I was like reading interviews and stuff. Um, the first thing was that Keegan Michael Key um, actually introduced Jordan Peel. To um, Sean McKittrick, who's a producer for Bloomhouse, which does horror movies. Right. Um, And Jordan Peele was or is a huge horror movie fan. He just loves the genre and um, loves the movies. And so they have this um, lunch where he pitches Get Out. And Sean McKittrick bought the pitch right at that lunch. Nice And hired him to write the script. And, you know, even if you don't know anything about making movies, it's not, you know, it's not that easy.
0: Right. Oh, Um, yeah. Right.
1: So the fact that he, you know, had this great, very different idea teed up, ready to go, and that this producer really saw the potential for it. I just thought that was really fascinating. Um, And then also he, Jordan Peele said that, um, You know, he loves horror movies and he believes that horror and comedy are similar because it's all about pacing and reveals.
0: Yes. Okay. I can see that. it's
1: just the kind of reaction that you're trying to get. And I never really thought of it that way. So I thought that was interesting when I read that. But the movie went on to um, gross $255 million. Right. Um, It still has a 98% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and won the Oscar for uh, best original screenplay. So it really kind of came out of nowhere and right. just really hit at the right moment and you yeah. know, took off.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, what's uh, impressed me because I did a little uh, digging, found out something interesting that uh, part of the inspiration for this movie was the 1975 film, the Stepford wives. Um, so if you really kind of think of it that way, you can kind of see the connection um what he was going for and which because that's a creepy movie in and of itself but i like what he took with that and where he went with it um what i thought was, yeah, and awesome. you
1: really see that in the um in the party scene yes uh, especially
0: yes, yes um, but the rest
1: of the time i thought of invasion of the body snatchers
0: oh yeah i okay yeah, i can see that too very good and then yeah. there's
1: one scene um toward the end that is reminiscent of rosemary's baby so you can really kind of see i think that Jordan Peele is a scholar of horror movies and yes, it has all these layers to it.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, Now a few other facts about the actual production of the movie. Uh, It was shot in Alabama um, February 20th of uh, sorry, February 2nd of 2016 is when he started shooting. Um, He shot it in 23 days, which is very quick uh, for a shooting schedule um i mean which doesn't surprise me considering there's not really any visual effects there's nothing really going on um but uh the budget was only 4.5 million and like you said it made over 200 you know million worldwide and so that's a that's a pretty solid investment right there so um now uh, a little bit on the casting um i know i'm ruining his name and i i really apologize to him because he's done quite a good a uh, lot of good work uh daniel kalua who plays chris um I guess it was his performance in an episode of black mirror that really got uh, Jordan Peele's attention. So I think it, because I I did read that said uh, Peele said it saw him in that, and that was really kind of said, I want that guy. So that's kind of cool.
1: What I like about him as an actor though, is this is one of those really, it's such a singular movie and such a singular performance. And he is the audience. Yes. for the movie like you are him as you're watching it so you do have that or at least i find that i have that connection with him where every time i see him now i'm like oh it's the get out guy <laughs> right um, he's so good he's such a good actor that then once you get into a movie like black panther or judas and the black messiah where um you know he's playing of course somebody completely different right um you forget that
0: yeah um, yeah.
1: Which, you know, an actor like Anthony Perkins, you know, he carried Norman Bates with him for the rest of his career. So he pretty was much. never quite able to shake it. Um, so I think that's interesting that I still have that connection with this actor, but he's so good. I'm able to, to forget about it pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. He um, definitely makes an impression in this particular film. That's for sure. So, okay. So let's talk about uh, the first time we saw it. Now, I got to this movie late. Um, I now, this saw- is going to
1: be a spoiler zone, right? Like, we're not... Well,
0: we're going to let people know. Um, <laughs> spoilers ahead. Yes. yes. Uh, so, if you had and There's a lot going on. I will do my hardest not to reveal the re- the ultimate reveal. Um, but...
1: Oh, I don't think I can, though, because that's <laughs> my favorite part of the movie.
0: <laughs> All right. So, spoilers ahead. Yes, You've been warned. you are
1: warned. So... <laughs>
0: um i we watched this uh last year for the first time and it got to the point to where we couldn't find it to stream and so we ended up just buying a dvd copy of it uh because physical media is better anyway um and so we watched it and i'd known uh, a little bit about it i'd seen the trailers and whatever so i kind of went in knowing at least what i thought was going on and the fact that that's not what happened uh you know really kind of threw me and i loved it from just from the uh, get-go uh pretty much from the 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 picnic or the dinner scene on i was fully invested in this movie and it's so good it's creepy it's uncomfortable and you it's it it so deserves multiple viewings so it's it's it was really stuck out to me what about you
1: um i saw it Um, I didn't see it in the theater, but I did see it, um, you know, shortly after when it first, um, you know, came out on DVD and, um, you know, it was really kind of a shock at the time because you'd gone through this, I'm a horror movie fan. Um, and you had gone through this period of everything was that, you know, so-called torture porn kind of movie. Um, really the only, I mean, I'm very critical and, you know, one of the only good horror movies to come out in a long time had been Cabin in the Woods. And the rest yes. of them, I just was like, it's just the same thing. And they're all just really gross. And so I wasn't holding out a lot of hope for this movie, but I was intrigued because I was going, but he's the comedy guy. He's the right? horror right? guy. What is he doing? And I thought maybe it's not going to be like scary. Maybe it's going to really be funny and that's the twist or something. So I was just really intrigued and I was, like you said, just completely blown away by it and really appreciated that it's more in line with a psychological thriller. Yes. Uh, I know it gets billed as a horror movie and I kind of refer to it like that myself, but it's really, it's along the lines of, you know, a very Hitchcockian kind of, is what's happening really happening? I don't right, know. Right. Maybe I'm just being too sensitive, you know. And it really plays with, um, you know, just uh, your perspective as an audience member. And, um, you know, and then you finally start getting reveals as time right. goes on. Right. Um, that ratchets up the tension, but uh I was completely blown away by it and yeah yet, subsequently have have just been excited for anything he produces yes. anything that Jordan peel puts his hand on, I want to at least give it a try
0: yes i actually i did watch uh, we did watch uh us um around Halloween this past year and as good as that was, I still think uh get out has an edge over that one. Um, it that would, you can totally tell he knows what he's doing when it comes to horror, thriller, uh, that genre. Um, but I, I don't know, get out just has so much more of a shock to it and so much so more uh, much more cerebral, I guess is the best way to put it. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited about anything he does and I've mentioned this before. Um, I did see online that he has made a plea to Disney to let him do a live action adaptation of Gargoyles. Oh my
1: goodness.
0: Right? I would so be in for that. So oh, just, that
1: would be amazing. So
0: if anybody from Disney is listening, please say yes to Jordan Peel on that. So
1: <laughs> yes. All
0: absolutely. Right. Okay. So let's get into some favorite stuff first. Um let's talk favorite scenes. Do you have? I'm sure you have many. Uh what's your what's <laughs> what's your favorite scenes?
1: um well you know my all time i'm kind of going out of order but my absolute favorite scene is the last scene
0: okay um, like the entire the last, thing uh, like from the wheelchair on we when when no, first like okay.
1: the last the last scene uh when um the police pull up
0: oh okay okay when
1: he's strangling her Yes. and because i will never ever ever forget and it's one of the things that i just love about this movie um There is a scene in the movie Psycho where Hitchcock has had you, your perspective is Janet Leigh's character, Marion, and you follow her for the whole first half hour. And then of course she's killed. And then he switches your perspective to Norman and you are just as anxious about him getting caught covering up this murder (laughs) as you were about her getting killed. Right. And that switch happens in about a minute. Mm -hmm. and you get a similar thing in this movie where you are so invested in Chris's story and he is so much your representative in this story that by the time you get to the end, you know, as a horror movie fan, you're conditioned for certain things. And, you know, all you have to do is make it till morning (laughs) and when the sun rises, you're going to be safe. You know, all you have to do is make it to someone else who's going to rescue you. The police are going to come and save you. Right. You know, and as a white person, I never had that perspective until watching this movie. And, (laughs) you you know, he's killing her and you want him to kill her. Yeah. And then the cops pull up and you're like terrified. I know. Right. Ma, I mean, I thought, oh, he is so screwed.
0: Well, yeah, because the like first time we, because the first time we see a cop in the movie at the very beginning, when the, when the guy gets taken, the guy's lost in that wrong, in the wrong neighborhood, please yep. pulls up and there's our first victim, you know, there's yeah. the first victim that we meet later. And yeah, absolutely. I absolutely. So then when the cop shows up here, you're thinking, oh, he's so screwed.
1: Yeah. But then it's, I would,
0: but then it's not terrified. the
1: cops. That
0: door terrified. opens. And, and the
1: only question was going to be, are they going to arrest him or are they just going to shoot it?
0: Right. Right. And then the you door know. opens and you see the airport, you know, logo. Yeah, and
1: Rod <laughs> came to save him. Help, Help. Help. Help me.
0: i mean i told you not to go in that house
1: um but yeah like that was such a huge moment for me like all you know there's other scenes that are great that i've got listed but that's the one for me that makes this movie because to just feel that absolute like you're in the moment terror of oh he's screwed right you know, was something that I had just never experienced before. It was kind of, you know, worldview changing.
0: Yeah, yeah. It and um, I did read that were some alternate ending shot. I guess uh, that Chris actually did get arrested, and um, he kind of felt that that wasn't fair for everything he's gone through. That maybe that wasn't the best choice. Um, for yeah, an on, ending.
1: Um, I watched it sorry to say streaming on Amazon. (laughs) Um, And uh, they, you know, if you sit and watch the credits and at the end of the credits, they'll show you the alternate ending. And he ends up it's six months later. And Rod visits him in prison and he's just kind of like resigned to it. Like, you know, I, I survived and like, I'm okay with it. Um, And Jordan Peele said, you know, that from the time he, wrote that original ending to the time that, you know, they were ready to, you know, getting ready to release the movie that things had changed in the country so much. Right. And racism was really being addressed in a very proactive way. So he felt like the audience needed a hero. They needed a win at the end of the movie, which I completely agree with. I was so glad that he made that choice
0: yeah 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 because you know and it's funny how um there's plenty of alternate endings for other movies and sometimes you kind of go well, i'd have rather seen that or whatever but i think uh him changing it to what we got is uh a much better um it's not necessarily a happy ending it's definitely um it's definitely a better ending it leaves you with a little bit more like you kind of cheer because uh, he makes it out <laughs> yes <laughs> so um yes. yeah it's It was a good choice. It was a good choice. Now,
1: but I do also love the, um, that initial, uh, meet the parents. Okay. So when they arrive at the house.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Because I I just think it's so brilliantly written and acted that it's every like awkward meeting your significant (laughs) other, whether you're an interracial couple or not. Yes. You know, it's that awkward.
0: Which is so good because it, it gives us a um because so many people have been through that situation. So I think it helps us get to know him, um, and relate to him uh for everybody because I, I think enough of us have been through that that where that way it gives us a uh a link to the uh Chris character. So that way we are we are seeing it through him. We are he is our our uh our avatar in this in this in this in this universe kind of so, so we are now okay yet yeah, we've been there we've done that we've been through that so we're on the same page with him now so but and he see it's a great scene because it kind of like i said links you to him but i'm gonna go one step further the the dinner scene with all those people okay now that's my favorite scene when the, he starts walking and like all the all the white people show up and oh at the
1: party yes yeah,
0: the party sorry there's
1: a dinner okay. scene uh, that i don't like
0: yeah okay yeah
1: there because i can't stand her brother
0: oh i know right he's, i but, hate
1: his character so much
0: but i think he's um he's a nice he's the opposite of everybody else in the family at that point and every family has that kind of on the fringe black sheep kind of family member somewhere so the fact that this family he gets there and they all seem so nice and then you got him and you're like yeah what's his deal and uh it just makes his demise at the end even more entertaining but you think yes. at first that maybe he's going to be on the guy's side that maybe he's an ally of some kind to make mm-hmm. it, the whole thing easier for his transition but no i, I mean the 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 party oh yes, yeah. where he's basically on display and the reason i like it is because we get so much information that we don't know how to process it yet. Like it's, it's yes, uncomfortable.
1: And because it's only in subsequent viewings. Once yes. you know the reveal that you realize they're interviewing him.
0: Yes. They're, they're told. like when the, the one lady um, asks it, asks her, says, so is it true what they say? Is it better? You're like, Oh my God, did she just ask that question? She walks up and like grabs his shoulder and his chest and stuff. And you're like, what the hell is going on? You know? And, And then uh, what's
1: so subversive about it is, you know, like I said, once you know the reveal, you know, kind what they're really, truly the information they're trying to obtain, but the way it's written, this is stuff that any black person is going to have this story. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like somewhere they had an experience where, can you believe this person said this out loud to me? Well, yeah.
0: they, uh, They asked them what was the black experience. And the, so the other guy shows up, the first victim shows up and he, uh, and then he goes, he pitches it to him. Cause you can tell the he, Chris is just so uncomfortable. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to meet all these people. And mm-hmm. they're all acting like they're his best friend. Like they're so interested in him. And then at one point I'm thinking, are they looking for like a, a sex slave? Is it what's going on here? You know, I mean, <laughs> there's so many opportunities of where this could be going at that point. Cause you really have just gotten a little bit of Information, but at a lot at the same time. You just don't know how to juggle it yet. So, like you said, once you get the reveal, you realize he's going up for auction. He's on display. They're like looking at him like a, a racehorse or something. They're going to invest in because they want, you know, that one lady is like looking at her husband in the wheelchair, going, "I need to replace this guy with somebody who's stronger and younger." Is this the person I'm choosing? And you're just like, yeah. So after you know the initial you know viewing, you're like, what in the hell is going on with all these people? Yeah, but it's
1: also that sort of that twist, too, of, you know, these are villains yes. to Black people, but they're not clan. No. It's not your typical, you know, we're not watching Black Klansmen where all of the white people act the way you think they're going to. Right. Like, there are no surprises there, you know. Right. These are people that are, have that casual, deep-seated racism in a... Oh, I, my best friend is black,
0: you know, kind of way. <laughs> right. Right. And that's what makes it interesting and so much fun. Um, it's awkward and ridiculous, but you're like, you're, you're trying to put pieces in place. You're trying to figure out what's going on. And you are I, I f- initially like, yeah, you, you feel sorry for him from the get-go because he's so uncomfortable meeting the family. And then he has this happen. You're like, oh my God, I, if I'm him, I'm running. And then when. He takes the picture of the guy, and then he snaps and starts yelling, "Get out! Get out!" You're thinking, yes. Oh, what the hell's going on now? And um, so you get so much in that section that it 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 burns into your head what you just saw, and you're like, you almost want to go back and watch it again right away just to see, did I miss something? What's going on? You know, where where are the clues? So yes, that- and
1: I love how they do the they call it bingo but it really is where they're auctioning him off. yes
0: yes absolutely that
1: scene is so chilling and is handled so well and there's no dialogue
0: yeah yeah i know right yeah um
1: and that's one of my other i know we haven't quite gotten there yet but oh no uh, go ahead one of my favorite characters is um or the creepiest character i would say is uh jim who's the blind guy
0: really okay well, oh yeah you know what that's a good choice he's yes
1: a villain and he's so calculating like he does not care he knows exactly what he's doing <laughs> and it you know he's like i've got the money and i'm shelling it out and buying this person like and i don't care what it does to him and
0: well yeah that uh steven root right that was who played it right Yes, Jim Hudson with Steven Root, yes, who of course is known for so many of his voice characters and is is so wonderful at office space. So yeah, he's one of those guys that shows up in so many different places. That's
1: parts. what it is. Yes. Yes, yes he shows up in so many different like, places. And,
0: but yeah, yeah, you're right, absolutely right. He is super creepy. Because at first you're like, okay, he seems okay. He seems okay. Nah, he's well weak. and
1: sympathetic. I mean, how how horrible is it? You're you own an art gallery and you're blind. I mean, right? Just a I really mean, sad, tragic, rough hand of
0: cards you've been dealt yes and what is so interesting about the characters that we're watching um all the rich white people and you know so yeah you ha- you kind of feel sorry for the blind guy who has an art you know uh, uh runs an art you know place so you have him and he's blind so you if you really sit back and start to think about this in in a weird twisted way you kind of understand why they're doing it because it's basically they're living forever you know, they have the money, they have the means. So as horrible as it is, you start to ask yourself, would you do it? Would you, I mean, because I mean, he gets, he gets a new body. He gets to, he gets to see, he gets to continue to run the art gallery in, in a different, in a different form. You know, you find out later that the, the gardener is the grandfather instead, which is super, super weird, you know, but you start to ask yourself, you know, as horrible as it is, do you make that choice if you have the means? And that's what's so interesting about the people that not only are they super creepy and weird, and they are villains, but they're villains because they don't want to die. They want to live. They want to see. They want to keep their families together, for all the wrong reasons. Yes, but it's a it's a great question that makes the whole movie even more dynamic. Because as horrible as they are, you one hundred percent can't fault them because they're they they don't want to die. So it, that's what makes it even more horrible when you find out what they're doing, and and even why. But still, it's just like, wow, I didn't even really think of that the first time through. And you started to go back, and it's like, well, yes, they're villains. But ask yourself that question: Have we? Everybody at some point, I think, has made a decision that probably wasn't as moral as it should have been, or you know, whatever for the wrong reasons. So I, I like that about the movie: is yes, they're all weird, they're all creepy, they're all horrible. But I think when you look at it, you're like, yes, they're doing it for the wrong reasons. But, you know, can we say that we would 100 percent, you know, make not make the same decision at some point, depending on how desperate you truly are? And he is desperate. Jim is desperate. He can't see. Yeah. He wants his well, eyes and, back.
1: So a lot of those other characters. Um, they that was kind of my kind of thumbs down on it was they skewed a little young. For an older group of people to be kind of having this panic, but you know, my mom has been staying with us, and she's seventy two, right? You know, and she's got a good life. I mean, she's got some health things, but she's doing good, you know, right? And has kids that love her, and you know, a great family, and you know, her life is very full. But even she will say, like, getting old is not for sissies, you know, right? Right? I mean, you really gotta be tough because people remark about you know someone like betty white who lived this full active right life until she was almost a hundred you know and they remark on it because it doesn't happen for everybody
0: no it doesn't you know
1: getting old is hard and um a struggle and so i think that um you know what's interesting about these the elite characters in the movie is they are sort of spoiled and privileged and yes. like, okay, you know, so your golf swings, not what it was. So you're going to have a <laughs> brain transplant, like, come on. But um, I think that is sort of that, that privileged. Yes. Group, you know, that, you know, any hardship is, you know, their life is all about removing obstacles.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Um, and so any hardship that they can't remove, they're going to try to find a way to right. buy it away. Or. Yeah.
0: They did have a few, like I said, the one guy in the wheelchair that the wife was basically filling up, yes. Chris, you had, you had a few that were obviously um, in need, but yes, the, the idea that, you know, most of the people were in their, what, forties, fifties, you know, and they seemed pretty healthy. I mean, it's one thing if they, if everybody there was suffering from something like, you know, somebody had cancer or somebody yes. had Alzheimer's or something that you can, you know, understand, but yeah, you're right. There's definitely a, a privilege um in the, you know, in that group of people that were there. So, yeah, which
1: I it, think speaks to also kind of the underlying it's never really spoken about, but that underlying question of why are they picking on black people?
0: Well, you remember they uh, they later towards the end of the movie, they mentioned they mentioned that it somehow uh, the process works better with black people. For some reason, they they do yeah. mention that at one point. Um, if you're not if you're because you because you can be overwhelmed with what's going on and kind of miss it. But they 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 mentioned it one one real quick brief time. So, but yeah. part
1: of me did wonder, you know, it's kind of like an unspoken commentary that you know, well, who's going to disappear? And
0: that's true too.
1: You know, like there's a sort of you know lack of concern you know and we've talked about it culturally with you know a young beautiful white girl disappears and everybody loses their minds but then that same day a young beautiful black girl disappeared and nobody said anything
0: right yeah and the right. so well, I
1: did wonder like is that kind of an underlying commentary that you could
0: well even from the from. very beginning the the first guy that gets snatched um by the cop nobody's looking for that guy you know it wasn't until Chris takes a picture no. of him and sends it to rod that he looks him up and he's, he's been missing, but nobody's really looking mm-hmm. for him. So yeah, yeah. You're, no, I I agree that. And that's probably a uh, part of it. And that's, what's so good about this. There's so much going on and so many things past just the, the, what you get with watching the movie, but there's so many uh, questions and things to uh, absorb and questions to ask yourself. So yeah, it's, it's, and the fact that I like think I said, the he part wrote of it, a
1: really great movie is, yes. you know, how much time can we spend, you know, if you go out for coffee after, you know, arguing over, you know, what you liked or didn't like, or, right, you right.
0: know.
1: And I think this one is, is full of that.
0: Yes. This one could be a couple days worth of dinners and <laughs> discussions. So, yes. okay. So was there any other favorite scenes you wanted to mention before we move on to favorite characters?
1: Um. Well, like I said, you know, uh, um, I also like the opening. I love how, you know again it puts you right in that guy's position because who who among us hasn't been going to a party at somebody's house and you know especially out in the suburbs every street is named like meadow this and you know <laughs> yes. whatever so like you can't find your way all the houses look the same um so i love those scenes that you can really relate to um and then the other one i wrote down was uh the can't find the keys.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: Like the stress of that and his rising panic. And um, you know, then the reveal, of course, is right. is great in that moment. But that that his rising panic in that scene just is absolutely and not yeah. a lot of music. There's no. there aren't a lot of music cues no. that lead you through. So which is impressive because
0: uh, a lot of times uh thrillers and horror films kind of depend on uh the music telling us when to react and yeah you're right yeah. there is there is a nice score in here um and, and there is a nice there's music used in it uh it, but it's it doesn't it helps us but it doesn't tell us what to think it doesn't tell us when to feel things so yeah you're absolutely right the the his acting uh the pacing you can really start to feel like um when the uh oh i can't remember her name but when she comes in to apologize for moving for unplugging his phone And he's, and he's trying so hard. He's just like, look, it's okay. It's okay. And she's looking at him and it's like every person he comes into contact with just makes him more, it heightens his, his anxiety even more. And you start to, you really feel his anxiety In your own, you're starting to stress out and go, oh my God, I just want to get out of this house. Just, just run. You're telling him, just, just run, (laughs) get out of there. So yeah, it's.
1: And I absolutely love any scene with Rod, but I love the first time he calls him. And the first thing he says is get out.
0: Right. Right. Yes. So wonderful, which, okay. That's going to lead us to our favorite characters. So um, the easy answer is Chris, because he's the hero. I mean, he is the hero of the movie. He's the one you're rooting for. He is our you know, he's our guide through this horror film. But I'm sorry, Rod is my favorite character. Rod
1: is a hundred percent this movie.
0: Yes, because he's he's the he's the comedy that is very much needed in this very serious, very uh dark movie, and he gives you just enough humor throughout that you can survive to the you know, survive the whole movie along with Chris. But man, like you mentioned before when that cop shows up and you're thinking, oh my God, this is, this is, it just went from, you know, out of the frying pan to the fire kind of situation. But then the door opens and it says airport and you're like, it's Rod. Oh my it's God. It's right? And, and P-S-A. He, gets, <laughs> he gets in the car and he goes, I told you not to go in that house. I mean, you just, you're laughing. You're <laughs> yes. like, See, you should have listened to Rod. You should have listened to him. It yes. was, so- he was also
1: like the best friend that we all wish we had. Like right. he never, Questions, Chris. He never says, "Maybe you're overreacting." Right. He listens to what he says, takes it 100 seriously, and is the smartest person in the room. He starts putting <laughs> stuff together like immediately.
0: Yes, he does. He's one of you found the you know. And miss- immediately,
1: the, guy. the second he can't get a hold of Chris, he goes to the cops. He goes looking for help. You yep. know, like he doesn't mess around.
0: That's right, he didn't. He... we
1: all need a rod in our corner. <laughs> yes, we
0: do yes yes we need more rods in our life he he was just as small as his part was every scene he was in was totally his scene you know it, yeah. it was just his you know and the only i i guess him showing up and like i said is, is one of the best is one of my favorite scenes but it's, it's 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 a nice little ending to the movie and i mean you know that you know that Rose is going to bleed out there, uh, in, in the driveway. So you're thinking you don't need to, you don't need to run her over. whatever. just, let's just go home. Let's just go. Yes. Home. <laughs> yes. So, let's just go home. So, uh, Rod is my favorite character. So, uh, what about you?
1: Um, Rod, absolutely. Okay. Makes the movie, but also, um, I really, really, really love the casting of Bradley Whitford as Dean, as the dad. Right. Um, Because I loved the West Wing and he was, you know, your ultimate like liberal hero, you know, good guy. And to have him show up in this movie and just, you know, he plays the the kind of doofus dad and he can be sinister and kind of crazy and i mean he <laughs> just like really brought it as this dad i really loved him
0: yes but i have a hard time getting past him um because he was in uh well of course he was in cabin in the woods which is yes. phenomenal but he was in uh hap- um, not happy to the other one um um uh, billy madison he's in billy madison
1: is that he's, the one where he goes back to school?
0: Yes. Yes, okay. and he's basically working against him. He's a total, you know, total ass the whole time and he's working against uh Billy. So the fact that I saw him in you know, because that's where he goes with, with with me. So, I mean, I see my other stuff oh, too. So but,
1: you seem as a villain, like yes, instantly.
0: pretty much. So, like, oh, that
1: is freaking guy. Yeah.
0: So when he showed up, I'm like, oh, yep, there he is. There he is oh, again. No. So, <laughs>
1: oh no, that's so funny. We had like completely different reactions,
0: right? And which is which is cool because yeah, because uh, I mean, Billy Madison was you know, from '95, so that was a long time ago. Yes. Um, but <laughs> I still see him as that horrible, you know, smart mouth jerk of a character so when he he shows up here all you're thinking oh he's he's kind of cool then you're like nope he's a villain (laughs) (laughs) so but no uh i really did like the the cast of the family um and because allison williams hasn't been in very much but she was so good in this and um which leads my
1: only issue is what do you think about when you find out that they have been together for five months, like that is a really long con.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: I just don't know how I feel about that storytelling piece.
0: Well, honestly, um, I, I think it's one of those things that you kind of have, well, they have to build the the rapport because sometimes it takes longer than others. Some people fall harder uh yeah. some people take more time so i think it depends on her mark how long their dating goes how long before mm-hmm. uh she brings him home but that scene and that leads me to my 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 uh creepiest characters um is when you when he goes in her room and, starts, and finds those pictures and sees all those pictures of all yes, these different guys oh so my god good. you suddenly go oh my god she, whatever's going on she's in on it too And you're thinking he is so screwed now because the one ally you really thought he had, you know, the brother, you're not sure what to make of him, but you thought for sure, oh, she's not in on it. Then then all of a sudden, oh, my God, she's. she's, And I
1: still, though, at that point kind of felt like. You know, maybe she's like a tragic victim too, and
0: okay, yeah, yeah, right.
1: Doesn't really know what's happening. All she knows is like all these people she dated disappeared, and
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that would be like because then the, that whole play. See, when I first watched the movie, I thought it was more mind control or because hypno, hypno, or hypnosis or whatever. Because when Catherine Keener, she's my they're they're my tie. Uh, Catherine Keener as as Mrs. Armitage, and then uh, Rose, Elson uh, Williams. Those are my tie for my creepiest characters because you know, you're thinking the girlfriend, she's not in on it, but, but when you realize you saw the pictures and then when Chris gets nabbed and is getting ready to be, you know, have surgery done to him or whatever, Mm -hmm. she's sitting there eating the way she's eating. She's like a completely different person. It's like a whole different personality. She's all straight laced hairs back. She's sitting up completely straight, picking at her food, you know, acting like everything is, has to be done so methodically. And you're like, Oh my God, she's just as whacked out as the rest of this family. Yes. Wow.
1: She is the total, like just as much a sociopath as her brother is. Her brother's just kind of foaming at the mouth and <laughs> right. she's got it like all reined in really tight, but my, I, I liked Katherine Keener in that you couldn't really tell. I couldn't decide who is in charge. Cause sometimes it seems like she's the boss and she's giving direction. And then other times it seems like Dean, the dad is the boss.
0: Yeah, and and that's what see. I think they're a team. I don't necessarily know if either one of them are, are in charge, but they because they know they have to work together. Because she has to hypnotize them, like the scene, the first scene with the tea and her stirring the the tea cup and everything, the spoon that. And how great
1: when that comes back around when he escapes the basement Yes, and runs into her in the den and all you needed to see is that teacup on the table and you're freaked out. Like if she gets to the, it's not a gun,
0: right? it's it's
1: the same reaction. If she gets to that teacup, like we are in trouble.
0: Yes, I know. It's wonderful. And, and that's why I can't decide between those two, because Mm -hmm. when the, when you first meet uh Catherine keener's character you're thinking oh she seems nice she'll be you know she's her and a daughter yay they're nice people and they're not a super because they're, they're not quite as creepy as the rest of the people but that whole scene where she hypnotizes them you're like no she's bad too <laughs> she's just as bad if not worse because she literally used you know she it was a mind game she totally yeah. just and she him, was
1: able to manipulate you know like the worst memory it reminded me of um The scene in Silence of the Lambs, the first question that Hannibal Lecter asks Clarice is, what is the worst memory of your childhood? Right. You know, what is the most awful thing that ever happened to you? And that's what exactly what Catherine Keener does. She's like, let me dig to the absolute worst thing that you have in your brain to use that to trigger you.
0: Yes. Which makes her way worse. I think. Oh, my God. I think it makes her worse than, uh, than Whitford's character because he's... He's just there to perform. He's just doing
1: a surgical procedure. (laughs) Right.
0: You know, but she's, she, it's a total, you know, mind scramble with her. She, you know, I'm going to figure out the most, you know, the most horrible thing you've ever experienced. I'm going to use it against you. And then, you know, because then when he wakes up, he's like, did that happen? Was that a dream? What, what, what happened? And there's just so many things like when he goes out for a smoke and the, and the, (laughs) and the gardener runs at him. You're like, "Yes, what the hell is that? It just, there was so much. And then mm-hmm. when he talks to him the next day, when he's cutting wood, there's there, the creep factor in this movie, it almost makes you want to take a shower when it's over. Because it's just, you're like, all oh, these people, just get me away from them. And it's not just like one or two, you know, or three. It's like the, everybody he comes in contact with except for Rod, <laughs> except yes. for his best friend. Everybody else and is it- out of their minds.
1: It did also strike with me. um, I have a theory that everyone in horror movies dies because they're polite. (laughs) (laughs) Because my mother taught me that whenever you're in a situation and you get that like creepy kind of nauseous feeling in your stomach, like listen to that.
0: Right. Okay. That
1: is telling you that something's wrong. So you don't worry about being polite. Like you leave the room, you get out of wherever it is you are, because that is your body telling you. Something's wrong.
0: Right. Yeah. You
1: know. And so every all these interactions that Chris has, they're all creeping him out. And he's going, This is not right. I got a bad feeling. I've got that creepy feeling. And I wonder if, you know, there's an argument that women spend so much time like suppressing that and trying to please. And I wonder for you know, black people watching this movie, are they going, yep, I spend most of my time. Right. Trying to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Yeah. You know, that it's just is this kind of knee jerk thing and see now look what happens.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing, because that's what makes uh, uh, Rose even worse is because she keeps telling him, no, it's okay. It'll be fine. They're they're just weird. They're my family's awkward, whatever. And so she's, you know, trying to pacify his fears and his anxiety and kind of
1: addresses it before he can.
0: Yeah, right. Like right. she'll say,
1: wasn't that strange that my dad said this thing? And right, so he doesn't even have the chance to kind of bring it up. She already kind of beat him to the punch to say, yeah, yeah that was weird, but it's my dad, you know, right. rolls and, her
0: eyes. And that's what's so good about the writing of this. And because it's like Jordan Peele does a great job with direction, does a great job with the pacing and the expressions you get out of these people and all the different actors. They're all every scene is just one more layer of anxiety and it's done so well but to put that on paper first to have the idea and go you know what this is what i want to do i'd take every you know awkward thing i can think of and then but give reason behind why they happen and then you're like oh my god i never would have thought of this why you know and that's what makes it such a good movie is Yes, it's a thriller and it's, and we've seen so many thrillers and I think it's probably one of the best thrillers I've seen in the last decade. Easy, but it's because it's original, it's different. And, and and when you find out what the, what it is, you're like, I never saw that coming. That was a, that was out of left field. And that was just makes it super weird, but I got to say, okay, I know I didn't ask you this before, but I'm going to, yes. which, this is kind of a surprise because I just want to, because it just popped in my head right now, okay. which is your favorite kill scene? Cause I have one and it just popped into my head, but uh, I want to give you a chance to think about this. What's your favorite kill scene? Well,
1: I would say that, I mean, there's a lot to, it's, this is such a horrible conversation, but there's a lot to <laughs> like about
0: yes. them. Yes.
1: Um, whether he should he's
0: he's painted that picture you want them yes you want them all gone
1: i mean they are villains so you know we're talking survival here um i love the sort of like poetic come around of he stabs dean with the deer head
0: yeah i love that
1: where that takes you back to them hitting the deer at the you know beginning
0: yes um well just the look on his face when when he comes out he looks around he's looking for him and then all of a sudden he just mm -hmm. he slams into him with that you're like oh my god that's just so awesome because he's he's finding anything he can anywhere like he he he, uh tries to kill the brother with those ball things those decorative balls and just i think it was a a croquet ball yes yes and you're like okay that's the first thing you're seeing it's just like he's just reaching for anything he can to get himself out of the house so i'm sorry the deer head into whitford's character that's my favorite
1: (laughs) oh is that your favorite that's my Um, favorite also um I love that he gets to redeem Chris gets to redeem himself and gets to solve that, that lingering trauma of Mm -hmm. his mother's death by going back for the maid after he gets her with the car. Um, So I love that. But I think my favorite might be when the gardener shoots Rose. It was so satisfying that he was able to, you know, Chris flashed him with the phone and he was able to be himself. Yes. And kind of get one back for himself. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that even, though, I mean, it ultimately did kill her, but um, that was, I think, my favorite yeah. of that chaos at the end.
0: Yeah. And it also shows how, like I said, how clever it is. They set up the whole flash thing earlier by accident, but Chris taking that picture and, and then he realizes later, wait a minute. If I can, if I can do that again, it'll unlock this guy, and maybe he'll help me. Maybe he won't kill me. So that's just that's smart planning. That's smart writing to set something up in the first act yes. and bring it back in the end of the movie. That was very, very clever. Um, yes. So yes, I. That's, and that I is, love
1: that he gave us, um, and that's part of what I think also makes it, you know, so terrifying. Um, he gives us those flashes from the victims that they're still in there
0: yes they are yes which is even makes you know, it even, the whole is, thing even creepier it's
1: so terrifying
0: yes you yeah it's so
1: terrifying that but that you get those moments of they can pull themselves to the front
0: yeah yeah and yeah that's yeah that's a good that's a good one when he he shoots her because and then he shoots himself which is just so
1: it's so tragic but. yeah because you know
0: well because you know he can't he's never going to be able to be himself again 100 percent himself yes. so this is the best way for him to go so yeah that's and then but he
1: did die on his own terms which I yes think, yes you know.
0: but yeah and then and then and, and going back to the creepy with uh, with rose she's laying there on the ground she's bleeding and then she tries to Play him one more time by telling Chris, "I love you, I love yes. you." And I'm like, "Really? You really think he's gonna buy it at this point?" And then you know he starts to choke her, and then lets lets her go, and then the cop car shows up, and you're like, "Well." Oh, and then her it.
1: face, though, when he's choking her, mm-hmm. she goes from biting him to just like looking at him and kind of smiling.
0: Yes. Oh my god. Yes. Like right? she's so crazy. <laughs> the whole family is just just out there. So yeah, yes. it there's so much in this movie so much to digest and it is um it's it was so rewarding to watch this after missing it for four years and i was super excited to uh, just to finish it was like i said yes and her because it's one of those you're like okay who survives you know who's gonna make it out of there and you're like what every time he gets away and kills somebody else and you're like Oh thank God he got that person! But you're it, and it's, yeah it, they're they're all villains. So it's not like you're upset they're dying because you're actually like you said it was a very satisfying death when Rose gets shoot by her shot by her grandpa in a way. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you're like oh my god! But man, and w- one thing that really impresses me and you're right how in recent years horror films have been more about the blood and the gore than um than trying to emotionally involve us. This one has just enough gore in it when it's necessary like when he's removing the one guy's scalp they shoot it from the other side when he's cutting it off so you just see the blood yes. splatter on the plastic and then you see him remove the piece after the fact and then you know like when he hits him with the balls from the croquet set first couple of shots you don't see it and then as he's walking away you see the blood coming out on the floor so there it's it's just enough gore uh, properly placed and because because This is about emotion. This is about anxiety. This is about uh, being awkward and scared. It's not about the gore. So, and that's one more reason why this movie is so, so good. So Yes.
1: Yes, definitely. I love how in um, a lot of horror movies, you have to have kind of the the big explanation or the villain's monologue, the reason behind everything. And I loved how they handled that with this as it was part of his hypnosis and part of his conditioning yes. and part yes. of weakening him to make him um more susceptible to the procedure right You know, um and you got it in little drips and drabs
0: right right
1: at the end yeah um, the I thought the, old, the, the old school tv really well.
0: the old school television there the the console television that he was watching with the all explanation and then cuz you're thinking he's so screwed but then he uh when he kills the brother he pulls the stuff out of his ears you're like, oh, see, he was smart enough to put put the clog his ears so he wouldn't hear any more stuff. He's like he was and that's what makes him such a good character. Because, you know, as well as I do, so many people in horror films just are idiots and, and which which made Cabin in the Woods so good because it <laughs> yeah. kind of explained why people get stupid. But this one, yes, <laughs> yeah, as, as much as he should have left earlier, Um the reality of it is you kind of believe why he stayed. He stayed for his girlfriend. He stayed you know, for whatever, yes. but then he catches on and he gets smart and then he starts to, you know, react and fight back. And that's, and it's nice to have, um, a, a survivor in a horror sure. film that, that survived because they were smart, not because they were lucky. So, you know, yes. once you get kudos. And to I liked the,
1: how she regressed yeah. him to a child. So he did that child behavior of picking at the chair.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: You know, and then that ended up ultimately being the thing that saved him
0: yeah i know and the, like i said the writing is so smart the uh, it's 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 a near perfect movie and um so that yeah that's one reason why i'm talking it.
1: this i watched it yesterday and it was like maybe the fourth time i'd seen it mm-hmm. um so you know i know all the reveals and stuff so i'm looking for different beats this time and right. i was still freaked out i was watching it in the middle of the day and <laughs> it was creepy
0: yes yes i was actually going through uh my phone looking up certain scenes i wanted to talk about and even watching you're like oh my god just you're because you you're your flashback right into where the scene was and how you felt the first couple times through and you're like man this is just it still has it has an effect on you you know later no matter how many times you see it, it still has an effect on you so it's it's just it's top notch filmmaking which makes it even more impressive considering where he came from from sketch comedy and he he yes you know and Jordan this was Peele his learned. debut his directorial yes.
1: debut i
0: know what a, what a way to go you know to start your you know movie making career it's just so so good okay. so all right so uh any other uh things you want to say about the about get out before we well get out Boo, sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was so bad. I know, um, right? Dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, no, I just think it was, um, I think it was neat to, you know, as just a lover of movies, to get to see this debut of this new, original, interesting um, storytelling. And, um, You know, it's nice to have, I mean, I love Marvel movies and, you know, I think all that stuff is fun, but I can't wait for the next Christopher Nolan movie because it's (laughs) so inventive and I can't wait for the next Jordan Peele movie because how are you going to scare me this time? What different thing, you know, are you going to do? And I just, you know, am so excited by the idea of that kind of originality
0: yes yes and and um with this kind of because you hear how hollywood's out of ideas hollywood's and they keep just remaking stuff i said well here's the thing um if you want them to make different stuff you have to support movies like this and see movies like this now granted it made over 200 million dollars worldwide so people did go see it so at the same time you need to support Different things. You need to support movies that aren't the big budget movies that aren't the you know big blockbusters. Like I said, I I agree. I love the Marvel movies. I'm a big Star Wars fan. I like the big epic films, Um, but I also like the little movies that you know cost 10 million to make and are character driven or they're they're story driven. It's not eye candy. So yes, this the fact that this one did so well, and the fact that he did another good one in Us uh, shows that he knows what he's doing, and I am excited to see. Uh, the next thing we get from him and hopefully it is <laughs> live action gargoyles because i'd love to see what he does with that property um but no it's and if you haven't seen it uh sorry we spoil everything but we warned you uh and, and if you have watch it again watch it again with but the, even
1: with the spoilers i think it is such you know you talk about hollywood remaking movies and there are like we said at the top a lot of elements of this movie that we have seen before yes um but that's You know, I think the mark of a truly original filmmaker is that you can take the horror genre, which is kind of played out. I mean, how many ideas can you have? You know, (laughs) how many boogeymen are there? You know, and but simply by adding diversity to the people that are making the films, you're coming at it from a different perspective and a different level of creativity, and it gives you a whole completely new story. Yeah, Um, You know, that just makes it absolutely so interesting. So even, you know, you could listen to this podcast and be like, well, I know everything's going to happen, but really the ride is still a really good ride.
0: Yes, it is. Yeah. And that's, especially if you, like I said, we on multiple watches, you pick up different things, um, the different layers he has in this. And it's, and like I said, there's questions that it asks that, you know, you can start to answer for yourself again you know, or for the first time or the second time or start a discussion with somebody who just saw it too. Hey, did you notice this or whatever? It's just, it's one of those that is, there's so many things going on and so smart that one viewing just isn't enough. So yeah, it's, it's, it's great writing. It's great direction. And uh, so, you know, I was super excited to see it and how I felt when it was over and I'm was been super excited to talk about it with you because it's definitely a movie uh that deserves attention because of how really really good uh it was and as far as yeah it took the like i said he took what he knew from the horror genre added some stuff to it that we hadn't seen yet a twist that we weren't expecting and you know he did a really really good job putting it together so um yeah if like i said if you've seen it check it out again rewatch it looking for different things um maybe some of the things we've mentioned you know might start a different conversation in your head uh while you're watching it but if you uh you know have seen it uh you know or haven't seen it go check it out anyway even though we spoiled a bunch of stuff there's still things we haven't mentioned <laughs> that are worth seeing and uh it's such a good movie such a good movie um so here's hoping we get a lot more original stories from jordan Peel in the future so all right um well amber i want to thank you for joining me and uh um i'm looking forward to our march episode i haven't planned with you uh the top seven badass women in movies i'm super excited about that one i'm already working on my list so
1: yes i'm having so much fun curating this list
0: yeah it's i'm trying to be way creative with it so um and at this point we will have a new person joining us uh for that episode as well so but yeah it's um that's gonna be exciting and that's later in march so look forward to that episode uh so once again thank you amber
1: thank you it was so much fun
0: all right and uh i want to thank everybody for listening it's been awesome the support we've gotten uh from all our new listeners all across the world so that's super awesome and uh so when it comes down to uh listening to your favorite music and checking out jordan peele's 2017 awesome thriller get out physical media is better than streaming thank you for listening this has been the Docking Bay 77 podcast, opening music provided by Eric Jason Brock. Check him out on YouTube and Bandcamp. If you want to reach out to us on social media, we are on Twitter and Facebook at Docking Bay 77 podcast Or you can send us an email, DockingBay77podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.